0: Welcome to episode 27 of the Crownsman Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Downey, and my co-host is Gaudi Molina. Good morning. Good morning. Um, We've got a... We're going to be talking about filtration, industrial automation, um, motion controls, and... uh, as we do on this show, we, we have a guest on who actually can explain all those things to us. Yeah. Because as much as when you walk by, you see a whole bunch of moving parts, and you see hydraulics, and all this sort of stuff on these industrial sites, how it all works um, is a completely different thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, this, so we've got Wayne be on the show today, um, and they've been, I mean, they're involved in Site C, LNG projects, um, so, uh, and then forestry, mining, oil and gas, um, aerospace, so they just, they cover so much ground. And so it's gonna be very exciting mm-hmm. to have them and unpack this. Uh, first, let's uh, give a shout out to our sponsors who yes. will help us do the show.
1: Absolutely. So first up, we've got Savinai Equipment. If you need anything from slurry pumps to jaw crushers to ball mills to conveyors, go to the leader in used mining equipment. That's where you will find more equipment every day. So visit SavanaEquipment.com. We also have Sean Daly. And he's got a book, From the Erksberg to Potosí, A History of Geology and Mining Since the 1500s. This book traces the history of mining and geology from the 1500s in the valuable silver mines of Erksberg Mountains of eastern Germany to the rich silver mines of Bolivia, including Potosí. It's, it's written by Sean Daly. And you can order the book on Amazon. And we'll have the website links um, to the book in the description below for you guys.
0: Is he doing a podcast?
1: He is doing a podcast as well. So you can actually find his podcast on Anchor. I believe he's also on Spotify. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I think it's it's Decipherth. That's, how, that's what it's called, Decipherth. So um, definitely go check it out as well.
0: Yeah, Sean's a cool guy. Yeah. And okay, (laughs) Um, yeah. John, John Lamb, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Okay, so this uh, I think you've seen some of the shows, so you you know the format. It's it's an hour of uh, of us picking your brain, (laughs) essentially. There you go. So let's let's start with some of the projects to sort of give the audience an idea of you know the sort of the scale uh that that Wayne B works at. Sure. Um there's about 250 employees or so. Yep. across Canada. Across Canada. Mm-hmm. So a, a, a fairly large company mm-hmm. um with quite a few capabilities. So like uh what are the, what is the main? Well, I saw that Formula 1 um project a little project that they had done. Yeah, um, you told me about that. Yeah, That's on LinkedIn I saw yes. it this morning. Yes. Um so wh- what what would be an example of that? What is that? Well, so um, you were saying that uh, the
2: delivery of nitrogen to, uh, I guess there's uh, a a specific uh, part of the uh, Formula One uh, requirements for nitrogen, and traditionally uh, people would be uh, getting bottles of nitrogen, which is great, um, but there's a certain cost associated with that. So uh, one of our uh, suppliers, uh, Parker, they manufacture uh, a nitrogen um, uh, um, demand product that actually uh, Delivers nitrogen um, right on site, and uh, it's very convenient for customers to use something like this, and, and a little bit different, and innovative. So uh, yeah, it's good to see that uh, Formula One is using some innovative products. So
0: I yeah, That's so I, cool. well <laughs> I love I love this kind of stuff. I'm I'm the the guy who's going into uh, when I go to like even a sports games. I'm looking yeah, at the rafters, looking at the design right. of the building, and you know, right, all that yeah, sort of thing. I do thing. the same thing. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I get in trouble with my wife sometimes. Yeah. So, yep. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Um, but I, I just find it so neat once you know some of the stories behind. It. I actually find it makes the events even better yeah, once you know, that w- especially these companies and how it all right. integrates together, right. and it's just amazing. Yes. Um, but some of the more industrial uh, projects, like you're involved with Site C, right? What w- what was the role that Wendy yeah, would play uh, in that? Site
2: C is being implemented now. That uh, I would call it a, a mega project, and and I would say certainly in British Columbia, um, there's a lot of mega projects going mm-hmm. on up north, so you know, uh, cities like Prince George uh, and and North into the Kitimat area and, uh, you know, Fort St. John, uh, they're very busy right now. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot uh, of things going on. Certainly, uh, we're we're involved in a lot of those type of projects. Uh, LNG Canada would be another one. I think it's the largest privately- uh, funded uh, project in Canadian history, which is great. Um, so, you know, uh, the trickle-down effect is really where uh, it, it hits Wayneby as all the subcontractors and people building subsystems uh, for these mega-projects, we, we definitely get involved in many different technologies from the hydraulics pneumatics electromechanical controls instrumentation process uh, filtration is a big piece for us as well so uh yeah it's very exciting times right now for for bc but uh the canadian economy overall i think is doing okay i mean um Right now, it's everything cyclical, but uh, right now, no complaints.
0: I think it's, I just saw actually this morning, that's the lowest unemployment Mm -hmm. in 43 years or something like that. Which is great, except when you're
2: looking for people, which uh, we always are. And uh, finding skilled labor is is a challenge sometimes. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. It's a good news story for sure.
0: Yeah, um, these, um, so uh, you said about the subcontractors. So is that who you're, is that who you're going to? deal with most of the time on these large-scale projects? Are you dealing directly with the head of the project or do you, a lot of times, these contractors coming in and they're installing something and so then they come to you and you deliver it?
2: Uh, It depends. A lot of times we'll deal directly with in this case, for example, BC Hydro. They'll have an engineering firm that are involved in sort of the um, management of the whole project, mm-hmm. uh, and then it does trickle down to many subcontractors. So we'll kind of deal through the whole food chain of that um, process. And uh, yeah, absolutely, um, we'll deal directly uh, with BC Hydro to the subcontractors, and really work with the engineering uh, companies to specify technology.
0: So right. What and uh, which, which leads me to the next thing is when they're in these mega projects. Um, you know, like you talk about a site C or an LNG. Um, does Wayne B get? And I've asked this question before with other guests, and it, it always varies. Um, are they getting essentially a blueprint for what needs to happen, or are they getting a um, a target of what needs to be accomplished? And then do the engineer your engineers build it?
2: Well, it depends. Mm -hmm. Uh, What I would say is it depends on how early on you're involved in the project. Right. Uh, And I think that is based on the relationship that you have with that uh, customer and the history that you have. So a lot of times, um, if we have a good relationship with a customer, they're coming to us early on and helping them build that blueprint, Mm -hmm. which we actually prefer. So a lot of times, that's when we get the opportunity to maybe introduce new technology, innovative technology, uh, rather than just um, working off a, a, a print, that the decisions are already made. It, and we do that, and we can still make suggestions. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's how we interact w- with our customers, for sure, at a, at a very high level, technically.
0: Right. And that so when you have a – again, like Analogy Canada, Site C, these – I mean, these are mega, mega projects. Mega projects, projects Yes. How much is um, is changing? And an example of it is like in our in our business. If we're producing something for somebody, yes. we have a blueprint, but there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts. So there's sort of a creative element to it, uh, yes. even like on this show, absolutely. But in your in your business, how much of that happens where? You think it's going to be one way, and then three-quarters of the way through the project, there's a a retooling, essentially, of what needs to happen.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. Sometimes it does. Um, One of the things is, you know, no company uh, is the master of all technologies. Mm -hmm. And really, that's the value that a company like Wayne B. would bring, is that we have specific expertise in certain uh, avenues. And even with us, we have, um, you know... Uh, buckets of technology and within those technologies we have very specialized people in those uh, and we really try and bring those to the to the table so that we can talk about the latest technology or the most reliable technology f- depending on the environment that they're um, you know they're building a project for.
0: Right that, that sort of leads into the the structure of the company um, and uh so what is sort of their, what, what is the setup of, of Wayneby Because uh, you can go on their website, I saw like there's there's multiple companies that, and are those suppliers? Uh, it's more business units within the company. So
2: Wayneby is, is the main company and we, we break up our, um, uh, our focus based on technology. So, you know, we have fluid power, hydraulics and pneumatics. We have electromechanical and controls, uh, filtration, process, uh, instrumentation. So these are things that we really focus in on and we have a specific focus on those um uh, take type, type technologies mm-hmm. so yeah so uh Sort of behind the scenes uh, at at a branch level across Canada, um, we would have two sides of our business. We'd have a very traditional distribution model where uh, customers call us. We have an order desk. They can order parts. We would stock them. And a lot of times we'd have some sort of commercial arrangement Mm -hmm. where we would deliver just in time, maybe part of their Kanban system. Mm. Um, And then there's other times where they come to us for um, very specialized, unique equipment. Uh, And then we have our engineering or our tech services side, where we actually w- work with customers, in a lot of cases, building that blueprint that you talked about, mm-hmm. really understanding what they're trying to do, how they want to do it, and what are all the uh, details that need to be taken care of. So we have a whole department um, dedicated to that. Uh, within that group, you'd have uh, mechanical engineering uh, controls engineering uh, fluid power specialists so we would really have the people involved the right people to do the math to really size stuff to go through it with
0: the customer uh, and help provide a solution do, do yeah. so uh, so I- the uh, if you have a motor uh, like your your motors and pumps and all mm-hmm. this sort of that's being done by a different manufacturer, though, and you're carrying that line and then distributing it out directly to the client. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. And,
2: and a lot of times, it's a combination of technologies. Right. Um, so even if you look at just a hydraulic power unit, there's many technologies that are part of one machine. Right. And so a lot of times, it's, it's about getting uh, a team together to really go through all the different technologies. Um, definitely, our customers would recognize when they have production meetings. Uh, you have the controls guys having a different conversation with the mechanical guys who want to do it differently. And that's really uh, the magic that happens, is bringing all the different good ideas together to come up with the best solution.
0: Right. What percentage of the, I mean, uh, not an exact number, but for the the companies who are just buying directly uh, as opposed to companies that you're actually taking all the parts and pieces that you're supplying and putting them together right to, to accomplish a goal. What would the, uh, would it be would it be a 50/50 or
2: um, Some regions are different than others right. um, I would say at West we, we have uh, probably a higher level of uh, uh, machining um, uh, building, um, ratio uh, although we like that whole idea of having more balance uh, that's the whole idea f- even just from a business point of view uh, the day-to-day um, products that you know just come in and ship out um, you know that keeps the uh, keeps everybody happy uh, but the projects certainly are, are exciting and interesting and um,
0: you know uh, also helps with the top line as well so right yeah, yeah. you know with a company Wayne B is a private company Privately-owned, employee-owned, actually. Employee-owned, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and I wanted to get into that. Um, but I wanted to... Uh, when you're... Now, y- you do... Um, uh, the the sort of that... Like, you have products. You were talking about sort of price to you know, personal... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm losing my place here because I was, had three different thoughts I was trying to put together. No you talk about... Um, you have products, mm-hmm. um, and then you you've sort of you're competing on price, um, but the their price can't compete against your quality. So how do you sort of um, how do you sort of uh, compete in that t- in that type of mar- market? Yeah. And we run into that a lot in our co- my conversation with with all types of companies. We've mm-hmm. run into that where they've got a, a superior product. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's there's no disputing that. Nobody would dispute it. But then there's a price competition. And I'm assuming that's more with the... Uh what, someone who's buying direct is that right. where that factors in more so than when you're actually engineering something together for someone or does um, it factor oh in similar both?
2: conversation i would yeah. say and, and 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 it's not unique to the industrial world i think uh, certainly in the, the commercial markets as well Is it's always a conversation of uh, price versus uh, you know um, cost and and what is the value of it do they you know uh, for us uh, we deal in the industrial market mm-hmm. uh, these are some of the harshest environments um, uh, that you can deal with on the planet, um, you know, either you know underground, cold temperatures, extreme, you know, mm-hmm. chemicals that you have to be aware of. Um, so. Um, when, when we talk, we, we make a choice as Wayneby that we represent very high quality products. Uh, there are other uh, competitors of ours that do offer offshore, uh, less expensive products. Um, and uh, if you look at them side by side, they look very similar. And, and a lot of times, uh, companies are driven to make decisions on cost alone. And, and that's really where we try and build that trust with the customer to really say, you know, we want, we'd like to explain to you why uh, the products are more expensive, have higher quality, and for your specific application, it might be something you want to consider. Right. A- and that's really uh, pretty well received once you get in there. But the allure of price only is very attractive, and I think it's driven through our um, our whole culture. Uh, I, I call it a bit of a Walmart effect, uh, mm-hmm. and maybe that's not fair to Walmart, but. I, um I hope you know what I'm, I'm trying to say is it's price seems to be the most important thing, except when a customer has a quality problem or an issue, uh, then all of a sudden price isn't the most important thing. And it's a nice reminder that I think it's got to have a balance. you got to look at all the needs um, of what you're trying to do, price being one of them, uh, but not the only one. Yeah.
0: There must be a, when you're you're talking, though, they must have an, um, a company must have some, you uh, Fear when they're putting together a competitor that's all if it's all offshore and they mm-hmm. they're not aware of um, a lot of the brands that they're putting together, especially if it's a system. Like I can understand if it's like a little motor or a little pump. Yep. Then I would get it more so, but if you're putting together a a project that's got 30 different parts right. to get to one end result, yep. you would think that you would that would be a very high risk to take to put together 10 products that you don't know? Because a lot of your customers would probably be aware of at least some of the brands you're using to put into right. these systems, right? Yes. So do st- some of it sort of sell itself, or do you have to sort of lay that out kind of every time?
2: We Almost every time. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of times there's... Uh, A lot of our customers, it's part of policy that they would get bids and they must pick the lowest bid. Uh, And that certainly is a real challenge Mm -hmm. because, um, you know, a lot of the technical people within that same company uh, recognize the value. And it's an internal battle within our customers that are trying to say, hey, we should take advantage of some of the better or newer technologies that, yeah, maybe the price is a little bit um, more, but in the long run, it costs us less. And so those are the conversations that uh, we have with our customers. Uh, Some are receptive, some are not. And so what we try and do is definitely uh, work with the customers that are um, open to those concepts, list wanting us to you know bring up these points, and and then uh, they take advantage of these, which hopefully helps their business. Uh, if our customers are successful, so are we.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, based no, on,
1: on the relationships, once once a client purchases or or, or comes into business with you, um, how difficult is it? For to, ke- to keep that relationship? Uh, m-
2: we do very well with repeat business. Mm. Um, really, that's a very strong uh, point with Wayne B. And, and I would say that's within the culture of the company. Uh, as we talked about, uh, just mentioned it earlier, we're an employee-owned company. It changes the culture of how we sort of behave with our customers. It seems that, uh, and we've had feedback from our customers, they go, there's something different about you guys. and. From everybody in the company, they, you know, they have a little bit of ownership in the company, and that gives them um, a different response. They know that it's on their shoulders a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so w- when cus- customers interact with us, they feel that we really care, that we really want to help them, that we want to be there, we want to support them, that we want to sort of dig in, is the term I use, and really understand their needs. Um, the better we understand a customer, the more we can help them, uh, and that's really what we try and do.
1: And nope. what's the, how's that structure the, that employee-owned structure for the business? Yeah,
2: so uh, so we're a Canadian-owned company. Mm-hmm. Uh, been in business uh, almost seventy years. Um, so uh, right across Canada, every major city uh, across Canada, uh, and many rural areas to support uh, you know customers in different industries, from mining and forestry, those sorts of industries. Um, so. Uh, similar structure to, like, a publicly owned company. Um, so we'd have a board of directors and there would be a share price. Um, there's a review and, um, you know, annually, um, basically, uh, things are shared amongst the, the group uh, within the company. Uh, it, it's really um, one of the reasons why I joined uh, Wayneby. I've known Wayneby for years as a competitor before. I joined Wayneby about two years ago. So for us, it's also it's a way to retain uh, employees. Um, as ownership, you know, you uh, you might want to stick around for another year, another year, another year. Mm-hmm. Um, but even for bringing on new people, and we talked about the, yeah. the job market right now, it's challenging. So to be able to say, hey, you know, would you like to be part owner of a company? Yeah. Uh, and it is alluring. So people do want to take advantage. And so we have a nice mix of, you know, very experienced people, but also some young, um, you know, energy coming in with some new ideas, which is, which is a nice mix.
1: Mm. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it, it struck me when you said about you know young people coming in. I think there is there is a, a lot of desire uh, for people to have ownership, mm-hmm. um, you know. And then there's you know there's there's lots of people I think of all ages who just sort of want to go the easy route. Yes. But you know, obviously, when you're trying to track the best talent, right. you're looking for. So it must attract those people that want to have something. I mean, to start, you know. Just go out and start a Wayne B company, you right. need millions and millions and millions of dollars. Sure. Um, but you can be a part of it at mm-hmm. at an age if you qualify and you've got that drive. So d- right. do you find that that sort of attracts those type of people? I do. Yeah. Oh, a
2: very entrepreneurial spirit, for sure. Right. Uh, and that they want to be part of a bigger picture and not just a number. Um, really, it is a bit of a family. And, um yeah, a- and across Canada. So uh, I'm in contact with uh, a lot of my colleagues right across Canada. We collaborate quite often. Um, I'm originally from Montreal, so I speak French mm-hmm. a little bit. And uh, so, um, yeah, you know, it, it, it's great to work for uh, a company that you know is fully connected across across this uh, great country of ours, Canada.
0: Yes. Yeah. I um, actually when I when I, I switched my pin this morning because um, I had I put on this tie. And then I had a red Canadian. Yeah, I yeah. look I looked like I'm running for office. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't even noticed that. Well no, I switched it. Oh I was like, okay, settle down. Yeah, yeah. That's good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean and you know, that's the thing too. I we uh when we started this show, even and I I love business yes. and uh I, I love this country. Right. But even with that, uh, what I would put myself in those two categories? I had no concept, no real concept, until we start doing this show, just what these companies were doing. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's it very, very impressive. Yeah, and yes. you know, it's, and it, it goes right from the top, you know, mm-hmm. to the, you know, from you know the, the big Bombardiers, yep. um, to companies like Wayne B mm-hmm. with that 250 employees, to right down to we've had people that you know to 10 or 12 employees, or just right. little companies. Yep but the innovation behind them right. is just unbelievable. Right. And you know, I think Canada has this uh, it's sort of got an image as a very, you know, easygoing country. But the the innovation and the way that people drive forward and, yes. and, and the partnerships these all these companies developed. Right. You know, even I I mean I see that your suppliers. I mean there's mm. the, the list on your website is just huge. Yes. It's it's a really incredible. Um, and that's, I mean, that's what we're trying to do on the show is right. give that voice to show people what business is actually happening yeah. in Canada. And it's, I mean, it blew me away. Within about ten episodes, <laughs> I went, "Wow, I don't know anything about this." Right. So,
2: well, you know, being a global market, and yeah. And I would say, you know, even uh, some of the trade agreements that happened really opened up doors to mm. other markets and. Uh, you know, we see here on the West Coast where, you know, we have a lot of um, trade uh, back and forth with, with the Asian markets, certainly the U.S., Europe. Um, I mean, it, it, it's one big playing field. And, and I think Canada is very well respected um, mm-hmm. on the global market from a, you know, quality point of view, making good quality products, certainly a resource-based economy as well. So that's certainly something that's uh, in, in demand, in, in, you know, uh, from people outside of Canada, they they definitely want to deal with uh, Canadian companies on those topics. So, yeah, and really the support mechanisms behind it, Wayne B just being one of them, um, absolutely, we, you know, to be competitive and our customers have to be competitive on a global market. We have to show these guys how to do it, uh, you know, better, faster, stronger, more reliable, uh, whatever uh, the requirements are, and and that's something that we do as a company. Uh, We really look to have uh, world-class suppliers that we partner with and uh, really you know uh, ask them to come uh, and educate us on what their latest is what's their best products what do they do what do they recommend and uh, we we have that
0: conversation with our customers as well how much changes in the industry like you know from a period of five years ago i mean the industrial sector is always an interesting one because you know on the tech side um Things are changing so fast, and that gets integrated into the industrial. But at the end of the day, there's still a, you know, there's still big hydraulic systems. There's still major filtration systems. How much is changing from the core of what the product is, or is it mostly around the technology that that operates these these products?
2: Yeah, definitely. When when you look at the technology, customers are always looking for, you know, smaller, faster, better, um, you know, just from a pure technology point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, but certainly I would say the technology on the control side, when you, you look at connectivity, uh, so, you know, Industry 4.0 is a good example. You get into how do you connect the smart factories to the rest of the world? So as were before, if there was a problem with a machine, um, you know, the engineering or maintenance person of a customer would have to physically walk down to the mm-hmm. uh, shop floor, look at the machine, try and figure it out. As we're now, it's all connected with sensors. And a lot of times it'll come up on his iPhone and say, oh, oh, that's what's going on, okay. And maybe even the parts that are going to fix it have already been ordered because it's on part of a smart system.
0: Yeah, it's uh, unbelievable. So th-
2: this is where we are now. This isn't tomorrow, this is today. Uh, we can do a lot of that stuff uh, ourselves. And, and that's the value that we try and bring to our customers uh, that are open to that, 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 that they see the benefit. Uh, you know, anything, there's nothing worse than a machine down, uh, that, that costs customers a lot of money. So they come to us to say, hey, reliability, that's really important for us. How, how can you help us on reliability? So that's something that we really partner with customers on.
0: Right. So if that's what you're doing then, are you, when you're, as the technology advances, you you must be sort of continually taking on, n- formulating new supplier partnerships then, or do, or do Or is the partnerships that you've already formed, are they big enough or are they vast enough now that they are updating their technology and then you're integrating it into these systems that you develop?
2: Maybe a little bit of both. I wouldn't say that we're fast to take on all sorts of new pl- uh, suppliers. Uh, because we're a very technical company, right. we want to make sure we, we are experts in our field and we know mm-hmm. the, the technologies that we're selling. But there is a process in place where we do evaluate new technologies, uh, and, and we go slowly with it. We'll, we'll bring it to customers um, that are open to trying something new, and, and we'll work with them um, to fine-tune it before bringing it to to the masses. Uh, It's all about finding uh, solutions for customers. And uh, uh, sometimes that's not a a fast process. You need to to take your time and be sure um, about that. So, so yeah, we have a very good established um, supplier base, Uh, long-term relationships, very good relationships. Um, And, yeah, so we're always tweaking and looking at uh, new things, potentially, and open to new ideas. Um, So, uh, but... Yeah, I'm not sure if that answered your question well enough. Is yeah,
0: yeah, it did. I just I find it a, an interesting thing, knowing that this in, this technology is is changing so fast. So this company is developing a sensor, but then a new project comes up, yep. and there's a different type of sensor that. Correct. I'm wondering how much has to be adapted, within even from your own uh, your own supplier base. Right how much of it are you going to them and say, okay, now we need this, this, and this? Or is it, are you having to generally pick from what they've already developed? I guess it'd be a different Uh, way to ask.
2: No, actually, uh, some of the... the best suppliers that we deal with, they'll they'll have maybe a distribution council where they'll ask their distribution channel um, and get feedback, and, right. and, and that's a great process for us because we're the guys in the field. We're talking mm-hmm. with the customers. Uh, a lot of times, they'll also come out with us um, to see customers as well, and so they get direct feedback from customers on what are the, the latest trends, what's required, what would be nice to have, and uh, so that's a, a, a process that's ongoing continually, So, and those are the, the suppliers that we generally do the best with as well because they are reacting to
0: customers needs mm-hmm. um and, and that's great i, I want to talk about um actually i'm going to hand it over to gaudy because i want to talk a little bit about the uh what you're talking about suppliers you got uh, you've got your customers. You've yes. got your own team that's d- designing these systems. So yes. there's a lot of communication. So I wanted to let Gaudi take a little bit of just on a personal side where sure. you kind of how you sort of manage and do all this. Oh, this excellent. Stuff. That should be interesting. <laughs> awesome. Okay.
1: Sure. Uh, but before I do, I'm just going to do another uh, shout out to I'm our sponsors. I'm in
0: trouble. We have to yeah. have a little timer thing that goes ding.
1: <laughs> Every time we just <laughs> sponsors. <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay, so we are sponsored by Datacloud. Does it feel like you're drilling and blasting blind? Could your MWD measurements be better? The Datacloud platform shows your lithology changes in real time for better blasting and fragmentation profiles. Check out their IoT sensors and cloud computing platform at datacloud.com and learn how you can know your rock today. Also... The Crownsman podcast has a goal to be the voice of industry. But maybe you want to do your own show. We want to grow all industries, not just ourselves. So if you have a great idea, we are happy to make it a reality. Uh, we make it affordable and there are so many different options for you to choose from. Uh, you'll be amazed at what we can create and how people and how many people you can connect with. So please contact us crownsmen.com or email info at crownsman.com. Sorry, <laughs> Wow, I don't even know our, e- our own email. <laughs> boy. Okay.
0: Yes. <laughs> all right. That's, that's some good, shameless self-promotion that right, on right <laughs> in our own show. Excellent. Um, now, yeah, well, we all got to make a living, right? That's right. Yeah. Um, <coughs> okay. So yeah, I'll let you get into it. Gatti.
1: Perfect. So, but before actually, uh, a que- I, I had a little question about sure. what you were talking before, but how, I guess it kind of relates unto what I'm coming into. Um, how difficult is it to keep up with all these changing technology
2: that's a good question so (laughs) I I would say it is challenging Um, uh, I remember uh, early on uh, when social media was first coming out for example and how did that kind of play in the uh, you know sort of the industrial world and I I think it's definitely a generational question for sure Um, so I remember you know, at the time asking my teenage boys, they were my uh, so- social media advisors, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> uh, and they really helped me figure it out, yeah. which is great. So I, I think the uh, the point is is to be open to these technologies, which we are as a company. Uh, certainly, again, working with suppliers, listening to customers, um, and, and just kind of seeing what's out there mm. in, in the everyday world. Um, you know, here's an example of this, uh, this um you know what you guys are doing here and connecting Mm -hmm. uh, i think it's a very innovative idea and i I appreciate the invite so uh thank you yeah thank you (laughs) thank
0: you for coming on
1: (laughs) yeah um is it um do you find it difficult for customers as well like i I know that for us it's it's kind of hard to sell a podcast to certain customers or certain people because they find it like what is that they don't know Right. right correct
2: So, again, I think generationally as well. So uh, I think one of the challenges that a lot of our uh, customers have is, you know, they want to keep experience, but sometimes experience doesn't always have, um, or have openness to the latest technology. Uh, so for example, we still have customers that want printed catalogs, and then others are like, okay, you know, how do I find you on my iPhone?
0: Yeah, why are you um, sending me a printed catalog? <laughs>
2: right, and, and so for us, we, we have the full range, and, and that's where we have to listen and understand, and, and s- you know, some of our customers might be working in part of the plant that they just don't even have internet access or a computer, mm-hmm. And that's why the printed catalog is still valuable for them. So Mm -hmm. we do supply that, um, you know, that source of information. Uh, Others want to know how to find us, you know, on our website or, you know, through through LinkedIn, Uh, I have customers that only uh, communicate with me through text messaging, that's just their thing Um, that's how they're comfortable, that's probably how they communicate with their friends (laughs) and that's fine, Um, so we do um, kind of work at the customer speed and what they want to do and then uh, we as a company look for the latest technologies so right now we're uh, investing a lot in our new ERP which is going to be also providing uh, a very innovative online shop experience, so we're hoping to be like the Amazon of the industrial world. Uh-huh. Um, so, um, which is nice, um, that whole interaction with customers. It's just another way. They can call us, they can, you know, th- at their convenience, connect with Waynebee. Um, so, yeah, we're just trying to make it easier for our customers to, t- uh, to work with us with through all technologies. Wow,
1: interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you start with Waynebee?
2: Um, Yeah, so a bit of a personal story. I I did uh, uh, national sales for many years and uh, before I came to to Wayneby and um, came out west just for some some business out here and met a young lady and we're actually married now. We decided to live in Vancouver. So um, yeah, that's how I ended up here and uh, had an opportunity. to work out west and uh the organization for Wayneby is very good they they've got a very strong um organization at west and uh through the interview process kind of got to know how they all were and um yeah was attracted to them uh, i've known them for years used to compete against them so they kind of knew me a little bit (laughs) and uh so yeah it was a a a good match for sure really enjoying my time here at wainby oh that's
1: Mm -hmm. good um so you, you deal a lot with customers and and, and building those relationships. How do you, how would you say you would start to build a relationship with a customer?
2: Yeah, so um, it's interesting that you ask and, and we get feedback that w- how our approach is a little bit different. We really try and have a bit of a consultative approach. So um, what I really encourage my, my team to do, which is mostly the outside sales guys, is don't just show up with a bunch of catalogs and try and, um, it really is just show up Uh, And listen, you know, understand what they're trying to do, learn about the process and why they do certain things, what are the challenges that they have, and start from there. Um, You know, really, our goal is to be the trusted advisor of our customers. If if they're calling us and saying, hey, we've got a problem, or hey, we've got a new R&D project, we really want your input, then we're doing our job well. Mm -hmm. And that's really the idea. So uh, even new customers, they call us just looking for a price. Um, we really encourage, a, and sometimes customers aren't used to that. Cause we'll go, well, what are you doing? Um, you know, we would like to come in and help and they're uh, maybe sometimes taken back. They're, they're like, well, why do you want to know this? You know? Mm-hmm. And because we want to learn. And yep. a, as I said, we get feedback from our customers that they're, it's a little <laughs> bit unusual, uh, Uh, There's this one story you recently where I was invited into a customer's and the engineering manager came in to meet with us and he sat down and you can clearly see he was busy and he had his arms crossed Mm. and he said go and I kind of leaned in I said go where (laughs) he says well aren't you just going to start telling me about all your stuff. I said, well, I don't know enough about your company. I said, I'd like to learn more um, if you have time, when you have time. Today might not be good. He goes, no, no, I'm good. And he uh, took me into a shop. He showed me some of the things. And he's a very good customer of ours. Mm-hmm. And, and because we took the time, we listened, and we, we wanted to know what was in his mind and his uh, world and what was his challenges or opportunities. So uh, that seems to work really well for us.
1: Mm-hmm. And <coughs> Because you have so many different uh, products and and services from just, you know, selling one piece of equipment or Mm -hmm. or piecing something together for someone, Um, what would be the sales process to that?
2: Yeah, so that's actually an advantage for us. So uh, although it's a challenge from our side to know and understand the benefits of all the different technologies, and they all have uh, their their own unique benefits, really is the piece of going and listening to the customer and understanding what they want. Because there's times where a customer will call in and say, hey, we need, you know, X product. Uh, but when you dig in, it's actually not the best idea, and we try to offer something else. So because we have many different uh, type of technologies, we can actually have that conversation with a customer and say, have you considered this technology or that con- uh, that technology, and here is why? And they're like, no, we didn't even know that was available. So a lot of times, you know, in the age of uh, Google, you know, they go, they search, they find something, and they say, okay, that's what I want. And, mm. you know, the value that we bring <laughs> is we can come in, understand your application, uh, dig in, as I said before, really learn, and then offer uh, something that might be more appropriate. A lot of cases, it's perfectly fine. V- we have a lot of <laughs> smart customers, and they know exactly what they want, yeah. and we can work with them o- uh, on that as well, for yeah. sure. Uh, but that's kind of what we try and do uh, with our customers. Mm-hmm.
1: Interesting.
0: It must be um, so. You, how do you how do you get all this uh, these that like question that Gaudi just asked is a question that I've I've wondered quite a bit. It's like these these they come up for bid. Like most people are going to get. I mean, like you said, it's mandatory sometimes to take the minimum. But at very least, there's a lot of times if it's a major project, it's mandatory to get it get a bid mm-hmm. for it. And I just I mean, without obviously your your private company and everything, but I I'm very curious to as an example of what actually shows up, mm-hmm. like. There's the one. I'm assuming that they've got the they've got the motor. They've got the they've got the uh, the whole blueprint laid out for you. Yes. But then there must be some that are like, it's just we want this to happen. Yes. It, what What would be uh, without you know naming any specifics? But mm-hmm. what's an example of you know you talk to somebody, you had a five minute conversation, and then they send you over a. A three pager for a major project. Does that happen? No, no. Um, <laughs> okay, it's it's generally. I'm just a picturing book. this boy. <laughs> Okay, <Yes. laughs> okay, and
2: it, it's everything from technical technical specifications to commercial terms, um, you know, liability insurance. Right. I mean, they need to know uh, everything, and 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 it is. It, it takes a certain expertise. Not, I would say, not all companies would probably have the resources uh, um, to be able to really um, do a good job going in, and, and you know. And and when you're doing a large project you really have to be very thorough and look through all this uh, from technical specifications commercial terms uh, and make sure that we agree and and a lot of times that is a negotiation um, even technology even commercial terms is you know what we're our own company um, we understand that's what you want this is kind of what our counter offer is and and that conversation happens and and that's um, a very common process for us for sure Um, we do have a process for sure to look and uh, review projects before mm-hmm. we take them on because uh, it's not a free service, even just a quote, it takes many man hours to right. To well, do yeah, that's
0: right. yeah, that's sort of part of the question, too. Mm-hmm. Is it just the, the putting it together um, and it a completely different business, but even from our business, we I mean, we get hired sometimes, we're not even the company that implements it, we're yes. we getting hired literally just to put the blueprint together, to right, it yeah. yeah, to say this is what you need to do for this, this project, right. Yes. So that must be a major part of, of manpower that you need to put in. Absolutely. Right. I mean, first you need to make sure, if, is
2: it going to work? Um, And what are the the things to be aware of? And, and, you know, even specifications, we have customers that will build projects all over the world. And so depending on the region of the world, you have to have certain specifications, which are different. Um, So not, you know, in Canada, we have CSA. Uh, CSA is only a Canadian (laughs) specification, which is going to be different in other parts of the world. Mm -hmm. So uh, we support our customers. So they'll build in Canada and they'll export uh, all over the world, we have to be aware, and they provide that, and that's where we go through. and And I would say we're we're it's hard to say experts on every specification, but the fact that we are aware and that we truly have to go through and understand the differences and what needs to be, um, you know, noticed
0: and um, aware of uh, that that's a big piece. Circling back to Gowdy's question is, <laughs> and that's what I I really wanted to understand it that when you're working at this level. Mm-hmm. When you're a sales manager yes. or you're a sales representative, yes. what is your role once you get into that? Do you step back from it in that point? It's the two engineering departments talking to each other, or are you still having to sort of facilitate that? Yeah, so no good question. So um, I always try and uh,
2: separate the technical and the commercial uh, topics. Um, so as a sales manager, it's it's uh, almost making sure you have all the resources in place for all the
0: different types of topics and technologies. Resources really being do. people, sorry, resources being people and and like literature or sort of thing or what no, would be I that? I would say definitely it's all about people. Oh, okay. Um,
2: so definitely uh, depending on what the project is, um, what technology is involved to make sure from a technical point of view we have the expertise that can review. Oh, I see. Um, and then on the commercial side, even on the commercial side, there's a lot of different things that uh, I would say I wouldn't have all the answers to and we definitely, Definitely would even get our executive management involved, uh, CFO, that would understand maybe more of the liability insurance questions, uh, those sorts of things that are required. So we definitely uh, work as a team. And sort of my job is to make sure we're, you know, we're getting all the pieces moving at the same time. And generally, there's always a deadline. So I try Mm -hmm. and remind everybody about the deadline and we have to be at that point. Um, And then delivering it to the customer and really uh, making sure that they understand that they're important to us and that we we did take notice of some things, highlighting maybe some points that we thought were important. And so delivering that message is part of the sales team as well.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's funny because we we've had on the show we've had um, I mean we've had CEOs we've had engineers, mm-hmm. but that that go between spot yes. must be uh, pretty intense sometimes. It's interesting, sure. <laughs> yeah, um, you know they say the the old
2: saying about the internal sale and external sale. It's it certainly is sometimes right, you have to yeah. convince people sort of to get on board mm-hmm. and uh, and and stuff. But that yeah, it, it, it's an interesting job for sure. Yeah,
0: for sure. <laughs> I want to do uh, sort of a a rapid not not too rapid yep. but uh sort of a rapid fire of cuz you do serve so many different industries yep. and um you know if you know we we watch people watch our our show um and you know the people that are interested in digging deep mm-hmm. uh they watch the whole thing and it's funny we see the sort of the, the metrics yes people watch for about 2 minutes okay. and they decide right. anybody who's watching now they like the technical side right um so i want to sort of list off the industries sure um, and and kind of give a, uh, an idea of what Wayne B is actually doing for each of these industries sure. okay so uh, we'll start with uh, we'll start with oil and gas sure what do you what do you what's the primary service that you're providing in, in that industry
2: yeah so I mean if you look at oil and gas I mean people think of s- sort of the the typical you know um, oil sands in Alberta a- and uh, very true I mean w- we have um, offices uh um, you know throughout Alberta uh, to service oil and gas but even look in um, uh, you know I put the whole LNG topic on that mm-hmm. um, you know so it, it's something that we would definitely s- uh, everybody from drilling um, you know into the processing um, side of oil and gas um, even in the transportation side uh, through pipelines and stuff we're definitely involved in in, in those type of technologies uh, that would support um that infrastructure for sure, um, you know everything from power tools grinding, you know when they're prepping, um, you know pipe for welding to, um, you know valves for turning on and off, um, you know as, as part of uh, you know a process of uh, refining um, product. So. Yeah. Yeah, so w- we're very well, um, uh, heavily involved in all that. A uh, lot of times there's uh, instrumentation, pressure, temperature, right. all those sorts of things. So we would definitely get involved in a lot of those type of aspects.
0: Um, just a s- quick side note, you're you're very heavy in the filtration side, right? Yeah, filtration's a good piece, absolutely. So
2: filtration for sure is, uh, I mean, really when you talk about filtration, it's all about reliability and um, making sure that uh, product stays running uh, longer or even the end product. For example, you know, uh, food and beverage. Right. They want to have an end product that goes to their customer um, at a certain level, and so filtration would be a big part of that.
0: What, uh, so when you say, I, I I have to ask some pretty layman questions no, it's on, fine. This yeah. on this show. Um, but a filtration system, What? What? I don't even quite know what we're talking, because I, I okay. know from the mining world, I know some of that filtration yep. system, food and beverage, sure. uh, I mean, there's just so many different. So what would be a couple of examples of, the actual filtration. Are you putting the uh, the whole system or are you putting the parts and pieces to make the filtration system operate?
2: Yeah, so I, I would say more the bits and pieces and maybe part of the bigger system. Right. Uh, as I said earlier, we don't make the whole machine, but right. we generally help uh, customers, OEMs that are building the, the bigger machine, and we will build sub assemblies into that. Um, You know, so, I mean, if you look at your car, for example, you have a filter for the oil. Right. Um, Without that, uh, your car probably wouldn't run, you know, uh, too long. So it was the same thing for that. In the industrial equipment hydraulics, there's a lot of filtration. Mm -hmm. Um, There's many sophisticated technologies uh, that require a specific level of oil cleanliness, we call it. Right. And so we would definitely have the technologies, not just to provide filtration, but even monitoring systems so that you can keep on top of it, make sure that you are uh, maintaining your system system so and then the technology as if there is a problem if a filter starts getting uh, clogged up um, to you know to deal with it make sure you replace that filter Um, and if there's trouble troubleshooting afterwards in service uh, we we definitely help customers because sometimes they go okay this filter is getting plugged up way too fast what's going on and we try and help figure that out for them
0: and you're putting the actual sensors on this now because Mm -hmm. i mean 20 years ago they were just you have to go and inspect these now, now uh, is yeah, it is yeah it depends but I would yeah. say sometimes filters were sort of buried under the machine
2: forgotten yeah. about until the machine stopped and right. then you go what happened yeah. so um, now you're implementing right, systems so people know ahead of time absolutely right? yes yeah. so an HMI screen would pop up or even a light you know a- and, and this is one of the things that we're trying to talk to customers about now is don't just react to something that's happened mm-hmm. be sort of predictive um, you know prevent a maintenance but even prevent predictive maintenance, which is really trying to plan out when these things are going to happen and react before it happens. Uh, So for example, a pressure switch, you could have a variable sensor that would actually go off weeks before uh, it's actually going to fail so that you have time to react and get one before, you know, uh,
0: instead of just setting a set point where Okay, it's failed. Go, y- you know, now you got to go get one. It's a little late. Mm. I have to ask this without yes. throwing anybody under the bus. Yes. Have you ever went to a customer and they went, you know what? I'm good. I don't need that. Oh. And then Absolutely. a month later, you're back with yeah. their broken-down uh, <laughs> systems. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a little bit and awkward sometime, when that Sometimes happens. it's hard because, you know, I, I think a
2: lot of our customers are resource-strapped as well. Right. And uh, sometimes it's uh, it's all about productivity. They've got to have the machine running. They can't uh, take the machine offline. They've got to run. A- and, and that's a real need of a lot of our customers. They really can't shut the machine right, down. Right, yeah. You know, so so those are the uh, checks and balances. We work with them. We say, okay, um, you know, how can, w- how can we do it? So if there is a challenge, can we do a continuous improvement? Can we do it for next time? And uh, most customers are very open to that.
0: Right. So I guess. And so I guess in some cases what happens is you almost have to wait till it shuts down, then you're forced to do it, and then you update it with the new yes. system. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, okay, we'll go. Uh, I'm not very good at this rapid-fire thing. Uh, <laughs> mining. Yes. Yeah, mining. So uh,
2: big piece of the... Canadian economy. uh, I think some of the biggest mining companies in the world are Canadian. uh, So we're very heavily involved right across Canada. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you think about mining, there's, you know, uh, above ground open pit, there's underground. uh, So we definitely get involved in a lot of the technologies that would be both underground, uh, you know, even the vehicles for transportation of material to uh, the mill for processing. uh, we, We would have, Technologies, as far as that is concerned, um, even in the, the processing side. So there's a lot of um, automation required in processing and mining, and so we get involved uh, in a lot of that sort of stuff. So the whole food chain of mining uh, is is something you know. Filtration, a big thing, yeah, right, within mining mm-hmm. for sure. So yeah, absolutely. So the vehicles. What would your what would the role Wayne B would play on the actual vehicles themselves? Yeah. So uh, if you think about some of the vehicles within mining, whether they're underground or above ground. Um, you know all the controls that would be related. A lot of them are hydraulically driven. Right. Um, so the you know uh, there's times where honestly vehicles are uh, actually controlled completely remotely. Yeah. So the controls that are involved in that that would be something that we we definitely get involved right. in for
0: sure. Are you doing like the like the hydraulics? Do you get involved with like the hydraulic stuff on the like the actual machines the lift box? Absolutely. Oh, you do. Yes, okay. Yes.
2: Yes. Absolutely. We do all that um, you know a- into the controls. Um, of the of the
0: equipment as well, so and then so and then into the the processing side. What are yes. you? That's your your automation, your sensors. Yep. Um, your like, are you doing the electrical controls? As sure, well? PLC controls. That sort of thing would be part of what we would offer. Uh, absolutely.
2: I mean, it's a very process heavy, um, mm-hmm. you know, side uh, on the mining, and you know, from the ball mills to the flotation cells, w- we definitely get involved in in the different processes. So if you think of um, um, there's a, a centrifugal type device and they would need um, either pneumatic or hydraulic cylinders uh, to open and close right. at specific times, um, you know, to feed into one area or feed into another area of the material. Uh, we get involved in all that sort of stuff. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, butterfly valves, ball
0: valves, different huh.
2: technologies. Pretty cool. One right. of my first
0: jobs was organizing a yard full of butterfly valves. Oh, there you go. I hate those things. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, uh when in mining there there's such a scale of size of mines yes. um do you because you said about the book you know you're not getting the three pagers um, Correct. so are you then is there a certain size of company that Wayneby works with do they get into the the smaller companies or are you generally working with larger ones no
2: no uh, actually i would say Wayneby was definitely built on the small to mid size oh uh, okay. companies for sure I, I think it's not unlike the canadian economy itself although many large um, Canadian customers and, and their success stories, really the, the driving force of the Canadian economy is, is, is the medium, the small company. So and so though that uh, that is, um, you know, um, we deal with all customers for sure. Absolutely.
0: Right. So even on a small test plan, right up to a full scale mining. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, I, I have a story about where uh, a customer uh, many, many years ago came to us with a credit card. He wanted to buy some stuff and he wanted in, um You know, to pay in in installments and, um, you know, 20, 30 years later, he's one of the largest automation companies. Really? Yeah. So, you know, never ignore the small guy. Work with small guys and and hopefully grow with
0: them. Well, he should get him on the show. There you go. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, Forestry. um, Yes. I was just talking to uh, my my, uh, business partner, uh, Rory, about this, is that forestry is uh, something, um, unfortunately, actually, a couple mills just shut down in B.C., Mm -hmm. Um, because we you know I get messages from people cuz they sure. watch our show yep. and then they let <laughs> us know these things and so that's unfortunate and it's an industry I don't quite understand as well as some I don't understand why things shut down all of a sudden and right. all of a sudden it's a boom and I don't I don't yes. quite get it yep. um but and and so Wayne i I'm with the mining if you're doing putting putting on the hydraulics and that onto the machines mm-hmm. I guess that would be a major part is all the are you doing the um like the sawmill part, mm-hmm. as well as the, the actual like logging part. Where's yep, your role in it? Both, absolutely. Even
2: people that are, um, you know, delivering uh, wood from the field into mm. uh, into the loggers. Um, you know, the logging equipment itself is. Uh, uh uh, getting more and more uh, sophisticated yeah. and, and automated uh definitely the mills for sure the processing of the wood um you know and to answer your question i mean what is a commodity so a lot of this is driven by um sort of supply and demand uh with you know the forest fires and stuff it does cause a, a bit of a challenge sometimes mm-hmm. with uh, supply of product of, of raw material um but also the the commodity prices Th- the one thing that i'd say is the uh the Canadian wood is very, very attractive from mm. a quality point of view. The the softwood is very desirable for, um, you know, construction companies uh, down uh, in the U.S., uh, Asia. Um, one of the stories which I thought was interesting is uh, uh, when the I think it was uh, Asian beetle or whatever came in and it devastated. Uh, one of the companies took an innovative approach. What, what I, when it killed the wood it actually turned it a kind of a color a, a greenish blue color and they actually processed it and uh... Um, actually sold quite a bit of it uh, around the world, and they used it for flooring and stuff, but it had such a unique color that people really kind of liked it, and I thought that was kind of an interesting way of turning sort of, you know, making uh, lemonade out of lemons, right? So uh, well done for the Canadian Forestry Industry. Yeah,
0: actually, another job I had was um, this when I was 15. No, 14. Um, Is that legal to be working at that? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, I was peeling logs, because they would go out and they'd collect it, and he was making uh, log Beds, and we would look for the the more blue and all that sort of stuff, and it was just absolutely beautiful. It was kind of interesting. Yeah. So, Um, and then aerospace. uh, I this, uh, you know, we only have uh, we only have a little bit of time. I mean, I could do a whole show on this. Yes, it's just an amazing <laughs> so industry. So could I? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, we got some time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but d- but a quick snapshot. You know, mm-hmm. we've talked about some stuff that you're that Wayne B working on right now. So uh, hopefully, within the next year, get you back on the show. Sure. Um, but what's sort of the snapshot of aerospace yeah. uh, that you're working in? Yeah, so uh, aerospace is certainly um, a,
2: a target industry. We we've been doing, um, you know, work in the aerospace industry probably since the beginnings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so uh, quick story: when my first interview with our uh, our current president, um, I used to compete with him at Bombardier in Montreal on and. Uh, uh, tools drilling equipment in the aerospace industry and he remembered me and uh, so it, it just goes to, to show like right across the country uh, there's a lot of aerospace that goes on from you know the water bombers to all sorts of interesting type of stuff in the aerospace um, mm-hmm. industry so uh, yeah for, for us it, it's an important piece we uh, uh, you know, it's a very highly technical um, industry as well, very driven on specification and y- you really got to have, and quality is, is the utmost. It's not about speed, it's about doing it properly. And so um, that really suits us really well, we like that, uh, we, we match up with that very
0: well. So, It would lead me to the question of, compared to, comparative to the other industries, is that where it's easier to sell that quality? uh... is there is much competition in price there or is it is more about like this has to be right yeah, I, I, I would say it's hard to compare, but mm-hmm.
2: certainly um, the aerospace uh, demands a, a certain quality. Uh, I would say, m- you know, is, is it more than others? Um, certainly it's very demanding on, on the quality piece. I've never considered it if it's more. I would say most companies want quality. I, I think the challenge is sometimes they don't understand. Uh, that Nobody's mm-hmm. told them why it's better. Right. And so generally when we have those conversations with customers, they are open to that. Most companies do want quality versus versus just you know a price. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that but in the aerospace, so you're actually working now are you part of the manufacturing system of like are you developing the systems for manufacturing or are you actually parts in the planes themselves? Yeah, distinction for sure. So we talked about
2: uh, earlier liability and those sorts of things. So a lot of our suppliers that we deal with, they'll have uh, direct divisions that deal with uh, aerospace um, that is onboard technology. Right. Um, So what we uh, deal with in the aerospace industry is all the... Sort of the services around Mm -hmm. uh, manufacturing the plane, testing uh, parts of the plane, um, those sorts of technologies for sure. Machining processes and uh, material handling processes, testing, um, all so that our customers can help put the plane together.
0: Right, I do. see, yeah. okay,
2: Testing of, you know, even structural testing. I, I think one of the oh. neat, neat uh, fixtures that I've ever seen is uh, uh, Bombardier in Quebec. They have this very large fixture, and it's all surrounded by hydraulic cylinders, and they take a, w- a wing, and they basically, they flex it, and then I think, two or three times a year they kind of send a notice out and say okay today we're going to break the wing and they bring it to failure and the whole plant shakes so it's quite interesting yeah uh-huh. so
0: yeah well i was saying well because we had them on what well, they were one of our first guests on and uh you said uh, did they mention where they manufacture their I I feel like on that interview and it right. and, uh, I'll give myself a little bit of an out that it was one of our first ones. Mm-hmm. We didn't even talk about where they manufactured right. anything. We talked yeah. just talked about the yeah. technology. Bombardier is very um, very much a uh, success story in Canada for sure. Yeah, it's it's right. amazing what they've done. Um I'll give one more is uh, and that's you know BC, Alberta, mm-hmm. um Winnipeg huge into the agriculture. Sure. That is definitely commodity driven market um it's all about efficiency safety all this these sort of things um so, could you just quickly touch on what Wayneby's role is within the agriculture sector? Yeah, so m- m- much of the equipment would be uh, there's definitely a
2: lot of hydraulic right. uh, type of equipment. Um, you know, a lot of the uh, the farmers are always looking for uh, w- one industries that they're always looking for sort of lighter, smaller, better. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, fuel prices as they are, th- it's one of the things that they look for they're definitely taking advantage of some of the latest technologies to make their vehicles um, as productive as possible. Uh, So we definitely get involved on that side of it. And then even the processing of of whatever they're, um, you know, they're farming. Uh, That's becoming more and more automated. Uh, It's amazing to see some of the technologies uh, from sorting of uh, fruits and vegetables with full vision systems. You know, uh, they want, you know, a certain red raspberry or, or strawberry or whatever it is, uh, they're definitely taking adva- advantage of uh, the latest technologies out there. Very impressive.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Is that um, I, I'd be interested to see that relationship between what they're trying to accomplish because there's all these demands, there's consumer demands, yep. um, and they're they're trying to always find ways to do this more efficiently You're as right. The challenge always becomes greater, I right. imagine. Yes. So are they, um, I'm sure there's a lot of different ways it happens. Mm-hmm. How often, though, are they coming to you and say, we need to accomplish that? Similar to other industries, yep. but they must come to you and say, we need to get the reddest strawberries. So you right. are you actually involved in designing the system to do it? or uh, does Partly. Generally, yeah. it would be a bigger, bigger process to do that, but we right.
2: would definitely be involved in that. I would say one of the things that's interesting is a trend within the food and beverage and, and, and that is, is the whole packaging side. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of these companies are trying to be really innovative in the way they package their uh, their products so that, you know, when you're going through the supermarket, it kind of pops, it shows, and, oh, that's kind of a neat idea, how they, you know, package apples or, um, you know, different, you know, nice and clean, you know, and, and now even environmentally friendly, like how, how can, you know, maybe getting away from uh, plastics and how can we use more... Um you know, bio-friendly type products and stuff like that. So uh, they're definitely at a cutting edge of, you know, how do we do this better? Uh, always looking for
0: innovation. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting for sure. Oh, so you're actually doing the... the. Actually, I, I did see that on your website. You're doing the... So are you, you're you building those systems that do the actual packaging, sealing the nope. bags? No, so what we would do
2: is definitely the companies that would do the packaging
0: themselves would need things
2: to move within that packaging Got you. equipment, and so we would work with them. And, and so when you get involved in the project, you, you kind of go, okay, what's this for? What are you doing? And, and you hear the story, and it's interesting every day. You know, and you hear uh, some of... Uh, you know, I, I think... Uh, w- one of the examples, uh, I remember years ago, Coca-Cola had the, the you know, your name on, on, on oh yeah. But if you think from a manufacturing point of view, how difficult, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> how difficult that was to try and get that. Cause you know, from a manufacturing point of view, you, you want to make, you know, a thousand Johns, a thousand Jared's, you know, like going down the line. But then how do you deliver that to the stores where it's all a bit of a random thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these are the things that um, food and beverage companies are trying to do mm-hmm. to be innovative, to stand mm-hmm. out, a- and it takes technology. It's automation in the background, in the factories that are doing it, and that's where we get involved. And I always get amazed when they come in. Okay, this is what we want to do. All right, this is going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh,
1: Sorry, on that note um – So when you're building a system, are you also implementing that system?
2: Sometimes, yeah, it depends. Uh, Some of our customers will uh, take the commissioning side and and sometimes we'll partner up with them. Sometimes, uh, especially fluid power, for example, um, I would say less and less expertise on that. So they really want us to to do that. Even from a safety point of view, they Mm -hmm. say, hey, this is your expertise, guys. We want you to own this part of it. Um, Please come in and do the uh, implementation. And we do that around the world, so not just in Canada. Uh, We deal with Canadian customers, but They'll um, sell their equipment around the world, mm-hmm. and a okay. lot of times we'll follow them. You know, so
1: is there um, when building a full system for a customer? Is there a p- like a checklist, or um, is there a specific way to guarantee that the p- that the system is going to work? That everything is. Up according to what their specifications?
2: Yeah, that, that's really huge because at the end of the day, um, you know, you don't want to have a complaint from a customer saying, hey, that we got something that didn't meet our uh, what we expected. Mm-hmm. And so really it is very clear to identify what the needs of the customer are upfront. And mm-hmm. that while you're going through that, um, you sometimes have to remind them no 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 we agreed to this yeah <laughs> but uh, no generally that, that is the key is to be have very good clarity early on in the project and it's also for us too we want to make sure we really truly understand and so once that's clear uh, then we test to that at the end and uh, that's very important um, we get repeat customers because at the end of the day our equipment does work and it does meet the customers
0: requirements so they come back to us again and again Okay. I, um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up the show, and you know, before we started the show, you asked, you know, how we found out about Wayne B. And I, d- I knew a little bit about the brand before, but um, when we reached out, and one of the things that I found with this show, there's so many ways to get ga- ways to gauge mm-hmm. a company, Kay. who they are and what they are. But one of the ways is we we reach out to people to come on the show, and I I think it says a lot about a company's character. And a company mm. does sort of have a life of its own, as I'm Correct. sure you know. A culture. A culture. Yes. Um, it says something about their character when they're willing to come on a show. You know, mm-hmm. some companies, and which is fair, yeah. I you know, I understand it, they find out that we don't edit the show. Yes. And they go, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so it's an hour of right. anything that we say <laughs> is on. And we go, yes. yeah, you know, if something dramatic happened, we might stop mm-hmm. it. But, you know, a company who's just doing as much technical work, mm-hmm. is dealing with these big projects. I think it says a lot that they're willing to have a representative come on and un- unpack what they do as a well, company. Thank you for so, that. I appreciate yeah. that. Um, so, thank you for coming on the show. Well, I, I very yeah. much appreciate That's it. Awesome. Thank we're going to do you. A, We're going to do a quick sign off. Um, we're going right here. Yes. Okay. Well, if you didn't learn something from this episode, I can't help you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it was a great show. We're, g- we're great to have Wayne B. and, and John John Lamb come on. Um, let's give a quick uh, a quick thing of where people can find us, subscribe, yes. be a part of our group, uh, see Rory's gifts.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for a second I thought you said <laughs> gifts. I'm like, oh, no, did we gifts. get gifts? I don't know if I've um, ever actually
0: said that word before. I gifts. know.
1: Um, yes, we have like a, a little competition I think every Friday on who can comment with the best gift most most ridiculous is <laughs> what got Yeah means, I yeah. guess. <laughs> um no, but yes, listen to the podcast. Uh we're on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Castbox, pretty much everywhere. Um so there is no excuse for you not listening to the <laughs> show.
0: <laughs> we're getting really aggressive with this closing. I don't know what's going on.
1: <laughs> um if you don't want to listen or <laughs> you want to watch us um, you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, you can go to visit our website, crownsman.com. All our podcasts are there. Um, we also got highlights mm-hmm. um, if you just want a little clip. Um, what else? Um, oh, the
0: fa- and the, uh, yeah, the Facebook group. Uh, that's, that's, right. that's where people can join, invite your friends. That's sort of where it's sort of an open. People can share their own stuff as yeah, well. That's right. Um, like we said about when we did that little promo, we, we don't want to just um, do our show. There's, We could do this for a 100 years and never cover everything. Exactly. So we want to help other companies and other groups get their their stuff. We come on site for people. We'll put multiple companies together to make groups. There's lots of options we can do. Um, and and so we'd like to work with you. Join the Facebook group, kind of see what's going on out there. There's yeah. lots to do.
1: Um, and again, if you want to be a guest on the yeah. show um, or a sponsor, you can email info at crownsman.com um, you know, or stop by. That's always fun, too.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Thank you very much for watching episode 27 of the Crownsman Podcast. We will see you on the next show.